couples lie to each other all couples lie to each other this may not even be a problem ultimately if you start viewing lies from a different perspective when usually you say well there is lie happening between this couple you may or the first thing that often comes to mind is well, one person is lying to the other person we immediately set up a high ground and a low ground one person is doing the deceiving the other person is a poor victim being deceived one person is lying and the other person is just innocent being lied to suffering from the misbehavior of the liar and so on and so forth perpetrator and victim hero and villain it's irrelevant whether this category of lying actually exists let's say it does exist yeah there are negative interactions between people where one person is doing something bad and the other person has been victimized what is more common what is more visible what is more interesting in relationships between couples is that the lies usually tend to be a co-conspiracy if there is a lie at one end there is a fitting lie at the other end the model is entirely different the model is entirely not of a bad actor and victim poor victim receiving the lies of the bad actor it's always a co-conspiracy it's like a dance it's like a knot there's actually it's a very spiritual model of relating that we don't do relationships whatever we do in our relationship ultimately it is for our own evolution and oftentimes the partnerships we end up in are custom designed for that evolution and one aspect of that partnership is this co-conspiracy of lies that fit on both ends and it's kind of helpful i find to view it in this way first of all it it simply takes away your ticket for victimhood nothing is really happening to you if it's happening to you you are a part of it so look at it and stop whining your life is yours to own whatever bad situation you're in to put it bluntly the life you have is the life you want today you have custom ordered every element of your life okay so if you're if you're being lied to you have ordered that lie in i think that's a more interesting perspective to take and then there is the other element which is uh just because this is the case doesn't mean we are supposed to just sit on it and accept it in fact we do have a will we do have the kind of the weight of our own action and decision and it is kind of up to us to bring that element in into our lives and excavate them and be free from them one after the other right and i think especially when you see couples uh who are trying to have a breakthrough relationships that are trying to have a breakthrough you can almost feel that the breakthrough they're looking for hinges on an existing lie a mutual lie that needs to be broken and i think these lies are uh pretty pretty they're like very human lies the what the lies that men and women were uh telling each other or living out with each other 
3,000 years ago are exactly the same lies at their core because the lies ultimately deal with our other fears, our other configurations of our journey, right? People have always had mommy issues, daddy issues, abandonment issues, this issue, that issue, whether from Roman times or here. And we are playing out those in our relationship and often in the form of these uh, below conscious patterns of matching that is serving both of these people. And I think that's where the interesting part is on the games we are playing with each other that may be kind of just on the threshold between unconscious and conscious games that are ready to pop and be released. Right. This is the work that happens in process. This is the pop in process. A lie getting released. We call it by different names. We may call it as an epiphany. We may call it as an insight, a realization. I saw something. I see this pattern. Something that was not clear becomes clear. From another perspective, something that was running as a lie in your system. Now there's a more element of choice. Well, this is a lie I've been running. Do I keep it or do I do something to get rid of it? So it's just interesting to observe this kind of uh, perspective in my own life, and it's it's a great perspective to bring when trying to help others or just observe others. We kind of see it in this term, which I think is more fruitful. What is the lie between these two people? And is there a lie that is ready to pop? Because if it, there is a lie that's ready to pop, as a facilitator, it's worth it pouring your energy into it. <laughs> but... If the shit is still buried 10 feet deep and neither of them is willing to look at it, you may see it buried 10 feet deep. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't do that much work for other people. Truly, leave it alone. We all have our lies buried under lies. Uh, do your own work. Dig into your own deeper lies. If other people are not ready to pop, don't put your energy into them. It won't do any, anybody any good anyway. But I think... I think the best facilitators, the best doms, the best teachers are lazy. They will literally do about 2% of the work. And if you're not ready to do the other 98, come back next time. Maybe you'll be ready next year. I'm not wasting my energy that hard on you. Right. So this is interesting to see in workshop settings where I'm a student or whether I'm teaching to observe this process and is most interesting to observe this process in couples. And uh, to see their contracts with each other. And, and the amusing part is this. I think this is the reason I'm making this particular video. Is uh, the way we have lied to each other and the way we have uh, sabotaged each other and all of that, it kind of really remains the same because it's really integral to our, our soul structure. Those fears are the same. But every generation packages the lies in new terminology. And that is always amusing to watch. Like, how are we lying to each other today? In what language? What is the, what is the lying lingo of today? Why? So this is the, please understand this. Why is this needed? It's needed because you can't be truthful about lying. If you're lying, you can't be caught. If you're lying, you have to be good at not getting caught. If you're a liar that gets caught all the time while they're lying, you're a lousy liar, and this game's not for you. So when we lie, if we succeed at lying, we are good at it. Oh, we are so good at it. We are so good at it 
that we can sit in a classroom of 40 people or we can sit across from therapists with degrees on their wall and we can bullshit all of them. We can convince all of them the lie. We are all that good. We are all that good at hustling. Right? Most of us can do that even when we know we are lying. But the bigger point is all of us have part of our motivation and our mechanism buried under our conscious aspect, right? We all have this unconscious, this subconscious, which is very interesting. Without it, I don't think the human journey would be possible. We would be just running around smiling like a bunch of transparent Buddhas if we did not have the capacity for deception, for subconscious, for a journey that kind of needs to take below terrain. But if it's happening below terrain and it's still running, one of the ways it stays hidden is we lie about it. It can't be visible. Right? That's the challenge of these mechanisms. They have to operate out here, but they can't be spotted out here. You can't see them. Now, that is an interesting trick. That's what a lie is. There's a truth that exists, but the lie has the power to make the truth disappear. But the truth is functioning in the world. Its effects are in the world, and yet what it is and its cause is hidden behind this lie. That's quite a trick, actually. Right? We don't lie about things that don't exist. You don't need to lie about a subatomic particle you're never going to see, even if you do. It, it doesn't even make any sense. It has no significance. Right? But if I'm having a direct impact on you, and yet I can headfuck you into not seeing me as the cause of that effect, I've accomplished something. I have put something out into the world without leaving my signature on it, without leaving my fingerprints on it. So I think the lie is a very interesting, it's almost a magical phenomenon. Lie is an aspect of magic. Lie is an aspect of uh, creating something that is not there and making disappear something that is there. This is a very deeply magician's trick to make things appear and disappear. That's what lies do. Right? This is why a magic show is full of lies from one perspective. It's tricks. Now, why does this matter? Well, this matters because almost all of the deeper relationship patterns running between people are camouflaged lies. Those lies have been camouflaged. And then it's interesting to see what the camouflage is. The nature of the camouflage keeps changing. I think through times. And one of the popular things I find couples doing these days, I think we've been doing this for a long time, maybe at least for the last 40 years, is that psychology has become popular. Pop psychology, the, the phenomenon of pop psychology. And like every six months, there seems to be a favorite theory that is really in the foreground. It's attachment theory or is this theory. There are concepts that all of a sudden we are familiar with, like we have all these issues, right? I don't know who in the 80s was talking about abandonment issues, but right now it's just everywhere. Everybody has abandonment issues. And one of the things uh, that is interesting to observe, often challenging to observe, is how these concepts are used as the dressing, the, the camouflage for the lies. Because they are very, uh, it's, it's a good hiding place. It's a good hiding place because there is such a thing as abandonment issues. There are people who are grappling with abandonment issues. It's a real thing. And it's always better to hide behind a real thing. 
to take the real thing and use it as your lie cover. Right. That's smart. That's really a smart move. Now, I'm not even saying people are always doing this deliberately. I think the best of this is happening just how smart we are at the subconscious level. That how we, the subconscious can reach out and find itself an adequate uh, camouflage. And the, sub, the conscious mind does, doesn't even know this has happened. You, which, which colloquially ends up translating, you start believing your own lies. Right, except obviously you don't know you're, you're believing your own lies. You think what you're believing is the truth, but from the outside, or when the when this thing pops, you will see. For the longest time, you were believing your own lie. You were so you had become so good at deceiving others that you had to believe it yourself to really keep the game going for a while. And this is again, this is a this is a I think a constant struggle in coupledom. I think in all relationships truly in all relationships, but I think it really shows up in spades in romantic and intimate relationships, that our lies really match. And then oftentimes, either our pop matches or it doesn't. One person pops and the other one doesn't, and that's part of the fear. Right. And this is the kind of the observation, that's the title of this video. Like, if... if the good reason to get into coupledom would be that we enhance each other, not hold each other back. Right? Simple as that. So if you see one partner holding the other back, usually there's a co-conspiracy. What's going on? Why is there a co-conspiracy of these people playing at half, half power? You can see a couple in which there's this tension that neither one is progressing. And usually there's a clear fear from one that the other might progress. That's that's the truth of it. And then this person finds all kinds of ways to kind of keep things in stasis. Right? Why do they do that? I think if we are going to be great partners to each other, we have to want the better future for our partner. Right. We have to want the best for them today and we, we should want the best for them tomorrow. And I think wanting the best for your partner tomorrow is threatening quite often. Right. We want the best for their tomorrow as long as what we have today, we don't lose any of it. Right. Our partner's future possibilities is always a potential threat to what I and my partner have today. Like the birds we have in our hand, they are not guaranteed if my partner's future evolves and grows. How do I know that my partner's future will not evolve and grow away from me? And this is a dark game I see a lot of couples playing, especially when they are in certain fields where they have both come for growth, where they have both come for training, where they have both come to like move further along their paths to create a future, right? to actually do something, pay money for a training because they're trying to build a bigger future. And then you can see how terrified couples tend to be of each other's futures. Right? But they're not going to say that. If they say that, the breakthrough has already happened. It's like you don't even need to do anything as a facilitator. They already see it. Yeah, I'm afraid you're going to become bigger and you will have no need of me and I'm terrified and I'm 
dealing with it. Usually the other part is the person is not aware of this, which means they need to camouflage the lies. And then the bullshit starts. Right. The lying starts and the bullshit starts. And and the victimization starts. Right. So one way this shows up that is I think is adapt is uh, the the lie that the camouflage that has been adopted from pop psychology is well I have issues of abandonment. If you seek your future and you become separate from me, I'm going to really feel abandoned. I'm already traumatized by it. I'm already dealing with my PTSD around abandonment, 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 abandonment. Anything you might do to trigger my abandonment, that has, that's bad. That's terrible of you. How can you do that? Don't trigger my abandonment. You're a bad person if you do that. This is my issue. Why can't you support me in my issues? I have abandonment issues. Stay here forever and don't abandon me. That's pretty reasonable. Right. And because there's a co-conspiracy, why does the other partner buy this bullshit? Because as I said, this isn't a one-way thing. Yes, the person who is bullshitting and, and weaponizing their abandonment issues to keep their partner small, that's a shit move. They get a shit start. Bad partner. But why is this partner eating the shit sandwich? Why are they believing this garbage? Are they stupid? Are they naive? No, usually it's because they're terrified of their own future too. They're looking for an excuse not to exit. Yeah. Probably exiting is going to be harder. Right. It's not that they are not ready to indulge the possibility of growing so big that they in fact don't match with their current partner. And they say, yeah, you don't fit in my life anymore. Is that making that track is more terrifying to you. This is easy. Staying in this bullshit is easy for another year. It's comfortable, like lukewarm piss water. No one's going anywhere. Let's just sit here and marinate. Right. And it's kind of good to see the lie package. The conspiracy we are making. Conspiracy this person is making is adopting modern psych lingo and basically weaponizing it to keep their partner under control and keep their partner small. And this person gets to indulge in their savior identity, in their good guy identity. But I love her, but I want to take care of her, but this is blood, but this, but this, right? They are both lying and they're both have such beautiful aromatic lies. I'm a great partner, I'm a great romantic. I'm gonna hold my women through her abandonment issues. And here, the damsel in distress, don't leave me because if you make progress, probably you'll see I'm not that special and you'll find somebody better, which they might. Right. I think it, this is one of the most common lies. It's like almost structurally, this is what we are doing if there is stagnation in a relationship and there is one, one element that is kind of holding holding the relationship down, there's a co-conspiracy there. There's a lie there that needs to be released. So look at it. Maybe you'll find this perspective useful, right? And this is, a, this is not a structure that necessarily only happens in uh, romantic couples. It certainly happens quite a bit, but it happens very often in pretty much 
all long-term relationships, including parent-child. The dark parent, the dark father, is the one who would compete with his own children, not wanting to, not wanting them to individuate. The dark mother would be like, especially with her sons, she just wants to keep him in the nest. Right? She actually is not, the dark mother is not a stand for the son's full expression. Why? And what's the deepest fear? Well, his full expression means he's going to leave his mommy behind. Mommy's going to play a smaller and smaller role in his life. And that's the way it should be. That's what maturing as a man means. You leave the mother behind. That's a healthy thing. That's a healthy break. Doesn't mean you don't talk to her. Doesn't mean you don't take care of her. But no. You leave the nest. You have your own life. You have your own wife, kids, business. And you check in with mom when you can. You're a good son. Right. But if a woman, if your mother wants to play a bigger role in her son's psyche and life, then only way to do it is to make sure he doesn't doesn't rise too far. And that's a pretty dark move. Right. And will the mother say, yeah, I'm going to keep my son small for the rest of his life. That's what I'm going to do. No, she'll find some other wonderful, colorful use for her behavior. Cover it in love, probably. Caring. Her own vulnerability. So. All right. I hope that was useful. I don't know if there was anything more I wanted to say on this. That be a stand, truly be a stand for your partner's future. It's a it's a big stand to take. Right. People talk a lot about, oh, you can turn a relationship into a spiritual practice. I know that sounds like a pretty sometimes an assholeish thing, snobbish thing to say. I believe in it. I truly do. I really, really believe I'm a big fan of Carolyn Miss, and Carolyn Miss talks about archetypes and you know she has uh, access to the kind of realm of people's life purpose, multiple life purpose. She has gift in that area. And one of the things that she emphasizes, I think I've heard her say this, is relationship is the deal. Relationship is why we are here. The earth game, the human game is a game of relationships. That, that's the whole point of the experience. Nothing else is really happening. Not politics, not money, not culture. Bulk of our uh, lessons, life lessons, soul lessons are being learned in relationships. So can you make your relationship into a spiritual practice? I believe you can't. What would be one of your practices, as it being your spiritual practice, would be want your partner to be bigger tomorrow. Wish more for your partner than they wish for themselves. Believe you can actually contribute to their soul arc in some real way. It'll be their soul arc, even if it takes them away from you. I think that's a pretty high practice to take on. But I don't think it is that uh, extraordinary. Why? As a parent, you should absolutely hold this model for your children. If you're not, you are a horrible parent. Standard issue parent should want the most possible for their children, including if their children surpass them. They get better educated than you, perfect. If they make more money than you, perfect. Whatever measurement, you should want more for them as much as possible for them so they have their full realization. Wanting this for a partner in romantic relationship, I think it's almost more costly. Why? Because we may suffer a loss if our partner expands. And I think because there's a structure that there's something at stake, it is actually a real practice to take on. 
but I want my partner to expand and I don't care how that impacts our relationship. It could also impact it for the better. Why not lean in that direction? Why are you always assuming that if your partner expands, they will pull away from you? I'll tell you why. It's because you're not doing much regarding your own future. That's the other side of the lie conspiracy. I don't really want to work on my future, so please don't work on your future either because I don't want to get off my ass and build something. But if you get off your ass and you build something, you're going to see how useless and stuck I am. You're going to move on. The logic is actually correct. Right, the logic is actually correct. The people who are not building their own future are the ones who are most threatened by other people building their future, especially if they are getting something out of them today because they know they're not going to be able to keep up with them. Right. Flip that on its side, become aware of that, make the opposite choice, and that can be a spiritual practice. Right. No matter what, wish bigger and better for the people in your life. Don't even get into any relationships where you're not wishing that for the people in your relationship. Don't be in a relationship with anyone. But this again is so wonderful. They go back to the old wisdoms. This essentially ties to envy. Right? Never envy anybody. Never wish for how one way to interpret envy is never wish for another human being to become smaller. Because that's what envy wants. You're too fucking big. You make me making me feel bad. Become smaller. Let me see if you fall on your face. That's the feeling of envy. Don't indulge in envy. Right? So if you want to track down the sin of keeping each other small, it's it's the fear that somebody may get bigger than you. And if they get bigger than you, that's not going to feel good to you. That may not work for you. Bring awareness into that. And I think that can be a better and higher level of relating. Instead of holding the people back in your life, really, that, that's what you want your legacy to be at the end of your life. I was the guy who held everybody back. Every person I got into a relationship with, I stalled their potential, forward growth. Or do you want to do the, be the adventurer and flip that, that every person I came into contact with in a relationship, at least my intention, my wholehearted conscious intention, was to contribute to them, to contribute to their future, to contribute to their expansion. I think it's a better way to live. There's beautiful uh, lyrics from Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They will learn much more than I will ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. This encapsulates that, right? It's easier to do it from parent to child, I grant you, right? That you want your children to learn so much more, you can't even conceive what they're going to learn, what they're going to be. And that's a good good uh, stance to hold towards a child or towards anybody in your life.